Hi, I'm Dawn Kendall. And I'm Alex Howarth. And this is the Yoga Life Podcast. Hi, and welcome back to episode six. Oh my word, how are we on episode six already? It's crazy. This week we've moved on to the Niyamas. So we've finished all the Yamas. Move on to the Niyamas. And the first one is Sorcha. Is that how you say it? Sorcha has always been how I've said it, but you know, these things, someone else will come at us with something else. Yeah, all open to interpretation. I mean, tomato, tomato. Exactly. Two different languages, but hey. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So firstly, let's have a touch on what we covered last week. Abragaha. Abragaha. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Everyone's just going to be laughing listening to this. And this is Dawn trying to pronounce things podcast. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a branch if we ever needed one. Yeah. So that was our non-attachment, non-greed um, yammer. Have you had any moments of using that in the last week? Yes. So um, it was really annoying. <laughs> we recorded our episode on Aprigaha, which is um, non-possessiveness, etc., cetera, uh, non-attachment. And within that, if you haven't listened to it already, uh, in that episode, we definitely went off on a tangent talking about <laughs> sustainable fashion. <laughs> yep. And I had completely forgotten that a sale came up on an ad on Facebook uh, a couple, well, maybe even a week back. And some trousers, a style that I've wanted for bloody ages, uh, came up in the sale, stupid cheap. Um, I think they were like $7.99 so for a pair of trousers, insanely cheap. And it came from a company which I know are not reputable and are not okay in the sustainable fashion front. And it arrived, it must have been an hour within us recording that podcast. Wow. And just the... Oh, I don't guilt, I guess, just the oh fuck, what have I done? I really need to start actually being more mindful about what I'm doing because I don't know about you. Facebook ads, Instagram ads, they get me. Yeah. I can just click on and suddenly before I know it, I'm in freaking shopping cart before I'm like, whoa, 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 what are you doing here? So um yeah, and that's obviously what happened. I just mindlessly bought and it just made me think holy shit I really really need to be more attentive to what I'm actually buying where I'm buying from um before this stuff lands on my doormat but it just was this slap in the face (laughs) of oh and then it was like well I can't even send them back because it'll probably end up in landfill (laughs) brilliant well I was completely gutted acknowledged it and thought about it you know that's what I have now that's it that's the that's the first step isn't it well I haven't even taken them out of the wrapper yet I still haven't quite got over the whole thing but if they don't, if they don't fit, I'm just going to either sell them again on, or even give them away on like Facebook Marketplace or to a friend. So yeah, it wasn't really attachment or non-attachment. It was our topic made yeah. me really think about what I'd done, and I think it's now made me a lot more mindful about where I buy from and what I'm doing, and Facebook ads and Instagram ads and how they get me. Oh time. yeah, and then they'll keep getting you because you click on them. They'll keep giving you the ones that are going to get you. <laughs> yep, brilliant. Yep, yep. brilliant. Oh, um, I suppose mine is sort of clothing, but the opposite sense of 
going through the wardrobe and having a look and being like, oh, I've got no space. And then thinking, do you know what? I don't wear half of this stuff. So I have got piles around the house ready to go to charity shops when they open because we can't take them at the moment. And it actually just being a little bit more ruthless because like, why am I holding on to this jumper? Oh, just in case it fits me again. And I'm like, but I don't really like it that much. So, so why <laughs> wait? And I guess it's, you could, I suppose I could look at it both ways. There is some things that I maybe would throw out because they don't fit, but I would like them to fit that I actually would put back in my wardrobe because that saves me rebuying them if they're, you know, something that I like. But yeah. yeah, if it's something that's just a bit mediocre and I, it just take, takes up room, I don't need it. Let's clear that out. Yeah, you're holding on to it for, yeah. for no reason. Whereas actually yeah. that could make someone else really happy. They might really love that jumper. Exactly, exactly. Sorry. And I do actually have some of the stuff. I've got like little piles where I might just offer it to friends first as well because, you yeah. know, as much as it's great to give to charity, I do think after lockdown, everyone is going to be inundating charity shops. And if I've got friends that like things... yeah I was trying to think of a way without um using huge amounts of bisogen packaging that we could do uh almost like a clothing swap on the Alex Howarth Yoga Mm. Facebook members page just sort of like if you've got some clothes that you want to swap or give away guys I've got this item this item and this item anyone up for it so we just sharing it amongst the community as well yeah. I know that a couple of my yogis have gifted me like tops and things that they don't wear anymore. And it's just like, yes, thank you so much. And it's just like <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I've definitely got, I've definitely got tops that I don't wear, but someone else might absolutely adore them. So yeah, yeah I, I just, I was trying to think about it the other day after our episode on um, attachments, like what am I holding on to that I could probably actually put to, put to a good home. Yeah. So, but I need to th- think it through and I don't know, yogis, if you're on the Alex Health members page, could we make it work? Are you interested? Let me know. <laughs> Albie's in agreement. Albie needs to shut up. I think he's done. Oh, good. Good boy. Right. So we are finished with the yammers and we're moving on to the niyamas. And when I say finished, I mean, we're finished in covering them, but please do not just forget about them. Remember, remember <laughs> them. Um <laughs> So, Alex, do you want to briefly tell us what the Niamas are? I absolutely do, Dawn. But, Ooh, but yeah. before um, we move on, um, like we've asked at the end of every, every episode, if this is your first episode, then uh, we've asked at the end of every episode prior to this uh, to get in touch if you've got any questions or if something resonates with you, doesn't resonate with you, especially if it triggers you. Like, we love open discussion about this stuff on um, email, on our Instagram you know, anywhere, just get in touch wherever you can. Um, So I had someone um, email and she was saying how she'd just finished episode one. And this was today, she emailed uh, this morning and uh, she'd just finished episode one. She'd listened to it in chunks and she said she loved it. However, there was one thing she really didn't agree with. And from her email, it's quite evident from, it's from our phrasing that we've not been very clear in what we mean. Therefore, I wanted to take the time now to kind of clarify what we meant. And uh, just in case there was anyone else who had the same thought, the same trigger. Uh, So it was about excitement. Do you remember us talking about that, Dawn? Okay, yeah. And so the first week was Ahimsa. Yep, violence. violence. Yeah. And so we talked about how um, 
we manage uh, excitement. So how yeah. getting really, really excited about something can then, um, it could then not not happen. Yeah. And then we're disappointed and all we feel is upset and all the negative emotions that come with something that we've been excited about not happening. And I feel like we've all been there, you know, yeah. you've had that excitement, et cetera, et cetera. And how we talked about, I think I talked about how I've changed my excitement towards Christmas and realized uh, I'm not yes. actually excited about Christmas day. I'm actually excited about the whole thing. And every time I feel like I'm excited just for Christmas day, Christmas day is a letdown. Yeah, that pinning um, pinning everything on that one event. And I think we briefly touched on it last week as well, that I suppose in attachment, that attachment to what that the results are going to be rather than the run up. But yeah, carry on. Absolutely. Um, and so it was some phrasing essentially suggested that we shouldn't get excited. And this is true to a certain, <laughs> no, let's, let me rephrase. I feel like, it's part of life and it's a joy of life to feel excitement and Mm. apprehension and you know something is coming and it's around the corner whatever that might be and so I feel like we need to make it clear that we don't we're not asking or suggesting that you don't get excited about things because we want you to experience the joys in life absolutely and I think it like yoga wants you to experience the joys in life however when it comes to excitement it's managing expectation that we yeah. need to do. So we're not layering on, we're not getting excited about something and layering on loads of expectations about that event. Know that it's coming, get excited about the fact that it's coming. However, don't layer on loads of expectation as to this is how it's going to happen and this will happen and we're going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to wear this and I'm going to look like that and I'm going to say this and da 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 and he's going to do that or she's going to do this um, and I'm going to have that much money by this point and essentially just layer on all of this expectation on something. And then the disappointment comes when it doesn't mm-hmm. appear as our expectations have suggested that it might. Yeah. Um And so I think that's what I wanted to clarify. It's don't lose excitement over something. It's manage your expectations. So a great example I just suddenly thought of is like the run up to my wedding day and it had been really, really rainy. And in your head, I I know other brides out there probably exactly the same. You're envisaging and you're excited. You're really excited for the day. You're also probably stressed, but you're envisaging this perfect day. And in that perfect day is sunshine and no rain and no clouds mm-hmm. it's just this perfect perfect day and that could be the worst thing in the world to happen because you've geared everything up to being outside and I suppose what we're saying is manage that expectation right it could rain it mm-hmm. that, it's England I mean that's if you're getting married in England guys but it could rain any time of year August or December you could get rained on so it's managing that and not being so set on the perfect day that involves it not raining but just being excited for the day and whatever the day brings yes knowing that it's going to be a lovely day no matter what and then being just flexible with it I suppose absolutely Going, going with the flow rolling with whatever happens that day yes so um that was what I hopefully this um helps clarify I've actually spoken to that listener since so we've had this conversation but I thought you know what there might be loads of other people who have listened and um you know what maybe everyone needs to hear this maybe a few more people need to hear this so I wanted to share it with everyone um yeah so sorry to absolutely interrupt your flow of talking about (laughs) Niamas but uh, I wanted to get that in yeah Um, so back to Niamas Alex what is yeah briefly over over lie outline 
overview yeah you know <laughs> just do something yeah jumbling my words uh, yeah um, what are the yammers so we did the yammers they were the first five um that's our first of the eight limbs is our yammers and then we have our knee yammers which are so sorry our yammers are our social etiquette social guidelines social um okay they're things to help us have a good standing in society Mm -hmm. so the idea is you can't reach enlightenment unless you have a good standing in society because you need your society around you uh to support you in your journey to enlightenment so you have to have these good stand uh good foundations then the next foundations from there the next layer one might say is the niyamas which are your personal uh guidelines um kind of development areas points to work on so we're looking at things that are really strictly personal so how we've everything so far we've very much talked about as a personal level but also we've talked about in in on a social level Mm -hmm. and I do feel like there's no way we're going to talk about this on just a personal level the yeah I think it will be discussed in a in a social setting or in a in a way that it applies to those around us and how it impacts those around us as well, because I don't think you can do this journey strictly upon yourself, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all going to I, impact other people as well, isn't it? And, exactly, yeah. exactly. And I do, like, um, if you live with someone, if you have children, these, these if you're working on this stuff yourself, the, there's no doubt that it's going to cross over to them too. Yeah. Um, so our first Niyama is, the, is Saucha or torture however you want to say it um now my notes say this is cleanliness and purity Mm -hmm. yeah any elaboration um i usually cleanliness again much like ahimsa yeah non-violence yep don't hit people in the face or hit people at all much with this cleanliness yep wash it really is step one of life. Wash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one of our first adventures as a newborn baby. You have a bath. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so as much as, yes, cleanliness is very important and it is um, hugely important and it's really enforced within the yoga world, um, cleanliness is, uh, within the routines and the rituals that uh, yogis perform to achieve cleanliness and it really is quite a big focus there's um you've got everything from neti pots which is where you tip water salt water saline solution through your nose to clear your nose and sinuses you can then do this thing where you feed string up through your nose and then out through your mouth and you almost floss your (laughs) (laughs) you almost floss so you go up a nostril and then down like through the holes at the back of your throat and then it come out through your mouth and you what an image so there's that you've got tongue scraping um you've got um methods in which you drink a load of uh salt water like loads and loads of it and then you throw it up to help clear out your digestive system that way there's all sorts of things essentially cleanliness for a yogi is hugely hugely important and, can we just note um, here we do not recommend drinking loads of salt water and, and making yourself sick unless you are doing this under guidance <laughs> Yeah, don't do it unless you've been taught how to do it. I was taught how to do it in Nepal and I did not like it. No. Um, But I I hate the feeling of being sick. Um, So I should probably say trigger warning because some people might find that really quite... Yeah. If if it's something that triggers you, do not try it. 
one of these that I read was the um, abdominal massage. Have you ever seen that? Like how you like um, people control that? It's amazing the control of their abdominal muscles muscles to massage. Yeah, in their organs. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, so there's all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, but there's lots of poses as well where we get the, the fists and the elbows into our tummy and with the encouragement of moving and helping our digestive tract. So there's loads yeah, of stuff okay. like that as well. Um, but it's oh, and it's stimulating the kidneys and the liver, obviously both hugely influential in removing toxins and crap from yeah. the body. So not physical crap, but as in stuff our body doesn't want. I did uh, read that there is an asana associated with each niyama, and the asana for this one is I guess try and say it, viparita karani. So legs up the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, I wondered why, and then obviously you read into it, and it's like it's encouraging the lymph system, which is your, you know, your drainage system, your bad toxin removing system so mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I always recommend legs up the wall when we've after a heavy leg day don't I in fitness yeah. yoga it's just, if you've got sore legs if you've done loads of running if you've done um squats or anything like that you've got sore legs or an achy back actually just so legs up the wall is essentially as it sounds you lay with on your back with your it's nice to do on your bed actually if you've not got a big chunky headboard uh, lay on your back, your bum as close to the wall as you possibly can and put your legs up the wall straight. Um, if you've got tight hamstrings, just come back a little bit. Uh, but essentially it's wonderful. It um, really helps flush. I'm using quotation marks, not that that helps on an audio platform, but uh, it helps flush um, sort of that. It just encourages a huge rush of blood yeah. up to your feet. So you're you essentially, and it just gets everything going in your legs again, it improves circulation. Um, so yeah, legs up the wall. Amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally get why that is connected with Salcha. Mm. So cleanliness, absolutely. I think is a big deal within the yogi world. And the idea is, or it's not even an idea. It's really quite obvious. The The cleaner we are, the more we look after ourselves in this sense, the healthier our body is. Uh, there's a, a relation, isn't there, between plaque buildup on your teeth and increased likelihood of heart disease? Oh, really? Yeah, so it's stuff like that, mm. I think. Um, so you're encouraged to clean your teeth for the health of your entire body. You're encouraged yeah. to scrape your tongue. So you clean your tongue when you uh, yes. clean your teeth because it gets crap off your tongue, again, because it's good for your um, body and... Um, bacteria builds up on your tongue and in your mouth so that kind of thing it you're encouraged to clean out your nostrils and your sinuses to encourage good breathing you breathe better you your brain works better your body functions um better or more effectively so it's really quite obvious as to why we need to look at cleanliness in that sense but another way that we need to look at cleanliness is then what we actually put into our body okay in a physical or mental sense or all of the above? All of the above, point C, <laughs> all of the above. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start with in a physical sense because- Yeah, easy. Easy, easy. Um, I, I really will struggle to believe that people have not fed themselves crap for an extended period of time um, and not felt the repercussions of this. I think everyone has done this. I think so. I like, but I think you notice it more if you've had a period of healthy eating. So yeah, like, like for example, when I uh, first met my husband, we were both a lot more lazy with food and would eat 
the frozen gray but not gray beige food gray. in the oven um from for most of the nights and then cook maybe one or one or two cook properly didn't really notice you don't I didn't notice that that was affecting how I felt yeah over the years now I can't like a day where I put in oven chips and something else like maybe just like a fish or whatever like it's so rare it's every few weeks if that that I now then notice that makes me feel awful and rubbish and crap Wow. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. If you've always eaten like that, you eat like a six-year-old, I always think. Yeah. Beige food, eating like a six-year-old. Uh, apologies if you still eat like this. <laughs> uh, I'm just jealous. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you live on the fish fingers, the chips, the frozen oven stuff, the uh, ready meals, that kind of thing, and that's been your life always, you're probably, you're right. You're not going to notice how much better you could potentially feel. Well, you might crave it, the- I suppose. I, um, I yeah, remember at maybe. Yeah, I remember at university um, going on a ski holiday with my mum and dad. And the first night we got there, we're like going out for dinner. And they were like, what do you want? I said, like, I just need vegetables. <laughs> like, what do you mean? He's like, I just need vegetables. I'm just craving a mountain of vegetables. <laughs> I was exactly the same when I came back from America, both yeah. times. Like, yeah. it's just, I don't know. I ate salads as well when I was there. And the second time I went for a good chunk of it, I was vegan or eating vegan food. But there's, I don't know. I just came back from that holiday desperate for vegetables. Yeah. Oh, it's weird, isn't it? But um, I had the best conversation with Mossy yesterday. Mm-hmm. He has, what were we talking about? Oh, I was saying how um, he's only going to keep feeling better if he keeps eating vegetables because... Mossy has a love-hate relationship. Nope, there's no love there. Mossy has a hate (laughs) relationship with vegetables. He's never really eaten them, but there is some that he does eat, um, but he's never prioritised cooking them because he doesn't really care about them, hasn't loved them, et cetera, et cetera. He's training for a marathon now and has been encouraged highly to eat vegetables. And uh, I can't remember what brought the subject up, but essentially he's doing a half marathon this weekend. And I'm, I just said, well, I'm sure if you keep your vegetables up over the next few days, it's only going to help. And he's like, yeah, but why? And uh, <laughs> I said, well, because of all the, um, all the micronutrients and everything within them help, help you out. And he's like, what? And I'm like, well, macronutrients, your fats, carbohydrates, and proteins, they're your big nutrients. Absolutely. But then within vegetables and actually within your carbs and proteins, etc., they're your micronutrients, which help your body like run smoother that, you know, it makes it work and your body needs them. And he's like, prove it. <laughs> he said, he was like, oh, he's like, every time anyone starts talking about uh, vegetables, he just, he's, what did he say? It just reminds me of someone preaching about, you know, how uh, things that aren't really real um, and trying to convert people to eating vegetables. <laughs> and he's like, I need to see proof. Sounds made up to me. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't Amazing. think he was being no. serious, no. Uh, but it was just hilarious. He's like, now nah, I'm going to need proof. Going to need proof. But he's, yeah, his, the amount of vegetables he is eating has gone up so much since he started his marathon training. It's, yeah, it's hilarious. Just and like, at least there is proof out there. <laughs> I know, right? Sorry, I've totally gone off on a tangent. But it was We're a talking story. about what you put in your body. What you put in your body. So, agreed. You're probably, if you've never eaten 
um, a healthy, balanced diet, you're probably not going to know how good your body can feel. Uh, that's like um, people who have mild intolerances to wheat or dairy spend their entire lives bloated and don't actually realize that they are bloated and their stomach shouldn't feel that way. Whereas actually they cut either out, whatever it is, or both, whatever, and then they realize how much better they could potentially feel just from removing a known and very common allergen. So yeah, lactose is the main, I think, the most common allergen in the Western world. Wow. So I think. Yeah, I mean, and our bodies are just not functioning properly then at their optimum, are they? Um, mm-mm. And again, so it can come in with like alcohol. So like, I'm not saying don't drink guys, but there's the, if you drink with your dinner, because drink is a poison, alcohol is a poison, your body will prioritize getting rid of that first. So perhaps these people, I don't know the science behind it, but if you've got like, you're eating allergens, things that are allergens to you, your body might not be processing everything else properly. I, d- I don't know. There's probably science behind Ooh. this. I don't know. But alcohol we... is one where your body will prioritize that, kind of send all the other food just to like fat sources because it wants to get rid of the poison first. Oh, wow. Okay. I actually didn't know that one. Yeah. Don't. As much as they, you know, have a glass of wine with your dinner, sounds lovely. It's actually not doing your body much good. So when it comes to getting the nutrients, best nutrients out of your food. Yep. Don't have alcohol with it. Yeah interesting um kind of obvious when you say it yeah your body wants to get rid of the poisons first yeah um so essentially as you've probably guessed eating a balanced and varied diet with including vegetables that aren't a myth uh mean that we're fueling our body in the right way and it keeps us clean using quotation marks again it keeps us pure quotation marks uh internally and from that our body buddies bodies will function at a more efficient rate um, and we'll get more from it Uh, we're less likely to carry um, excess weight we're less likely to have any illnesses or um, what's the word I nearly said malfunctions that's just not the right word what is wrong with us this morning Dawn we've got worm diarrhea or word diarrhea As if you just used the wrong word. That was amazing. Yeah. Oh, no. Verbal diarrhea. Verbal yes. diarrhea. Yeah, I think yes. that could be a second name for this podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> what am I looking for? We're, we're less likely to have um, verbal diarrhea if we... Uh, <laughs> yeah, or any diarrhea. If we uh, eat our vegetables, which I clearly... I've had a banana this morning. This seems very unjust. Me too. Our body is likely to function at a better rate and we're less likely to have health issues caused by by a bad diet. So uh, high amounts of alcohol, high amounts of um, fats, uh, high amounts of processed carbohydrates or processed food full stop um, when if we have a nice clean diet most of the time our bodies are going to benefit from it essentially is what i'm trying to say nothing to do with malfunctions help me and <laughs> we could phrase smoking in there but I mean, we, we neither of us spoke but that whole yeah that's definitely yeah. in there as something putting toxins in your body yeah essentially it's being very aware of what you're putting in your body that is um not helping it be pure 
impure things so you've got your smoking you've got your alcohol what is poisonous to your body we've got your drugs you've got your um skin products with huge amounts of chemicals in um you've got too much sun for instance it's everything in moderation isn't it a little bit of everything is every now and then is probably going to be okay absolutely have a Krispy Kreme donut from time to time but if you had one every single day it's going to have seriously negative effects uh say what there's the McDonald's diet wasn't there that guy um well yeah and you can you could stick to your calories if you had set calories for example you could stick to those by eating McDonald's if you wanted absolutely my god you would feel awful well, he did. That was what he did, yeah. isn't it? He ate his the calories he required yeah. uh, every day. Was it thirty days he did something like that? Yeah, it's it was the, it's the, out, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Supersize me. Yeah, supersize yeah. me. It was on. It's on Netflix, I think, or at least it was. Um, it's old. Yeah, I would say ten years old, but um, or more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he ate McDonald's every single day, but it was within his calorie range. I think uh, every day for thirty days, he put on weight. I believe, as in, he got squishier. And got a bit of a belly, mm-hmm. but uh, it was how he felt, yeah. and it was just he looked ill. He looked like shit. He felt like shit, um, and so it is. It's that real. You may not get fat from choosing bad food every day, but it will the knock on health effects from this, and so therefore his body wasn't functioning at its at its best. Yeah, um, and therefore, what are the odds of him? Um, performing mentally at his best not very high what the odds of him looking after himself in every other way not very high he's unlikely to exercise he's unlikely to actually uh want to develop and study or uh work hard everything everything is just going to suffer he's going to have mood swings due to blood sugar levels where which means he's probably going to act out towards his family his friends his loved ones um and so on and so forth there's just so many knock-on effects to treating our body without without due care and attention really this does remind me again of of when i left university i probably didn't think much about it but i left university came home and lived at home for a while at home cooked food now my mum and dad we were never that oven food family anyway my dad's very much like homemade shepherd's pies and you know meat and two veg um i went back to visit friends at university maybe a couple of months after i'd left I went back and everyone was like, you look so healthy. And I just hadn't realized that my face had just, was just drained and I just, I'd looked unhealthy with it until I'd left university, eaten well and come back. No It just way. makes you think it's that drink. It was the drinking every day. It was the eating fast food, eating bad food, bad sleep, all of those things. And yeah, you didn't, you don't realize that the, physical effects on your body until actually I yeah you change it it was physical and it, I hadn't really noticed even myself but everyone that I saw two months later was like you look really healthy you look really well you know glowing so yeah love it yeah. wow um yeah and all that that's nice definitely shows on the outside Oh, it really does. I mean, it really does. You can tell when someone's lost weight in a really healthy and sustainable way compared to someone who's just done like one of those crash diets where they've just suddenly lost a stone over a few weeks because they've done some insane crash diet. Usually they look, it shows in your eyes, I think. Yeah. Just get really dark circles. And then Um, in their energy levels and stuff as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, So 
Soucha in a physical sense of what we put into our body really, really has to be um, looked at. Uh, we have a friend actually, Dorney, who's really on it with looking at alternative ways of, for skincare. Yeah. So uh, what she uses to moisturize, exfoliate, so on and so forth. And I mean, if you Google it now, oh my goodness, there's so many options for uh, healthier less damaging i'm going to go with less damaging yeah. products than things that you could buy in the shops so yeah. you've got every if you think about it most skincare products are going to be filled with chemicals uh which i mean yes there's probably been loads and loads of studies done on these things and there are, there may or may not be long-term physical effects but at the end of the day you're putting chemicals into your body which your body then has to uh, deal with tackle absorb and how is this showing up how is this showing up in our energy levels in our future health you know what are we pretend what diseases are we potentially encouraging whereas if you have the option to get the exact same thing from something that's completely natural um you know using sea salt as an exfoliant instead of using some plastic filled uh product that you buy in the shops i mean obviously for the environment and for your own skin it's going to be better to use salt well those and those microplastics um I don't know if they're already or they will be they'll be illegal soon won't illegal and i'm not sure the ins and outs because it was related to an eu rule but yeah the microplastics in in um exfoliants Exfolia. yeah will be will be outlawed because of that because if you think how awful they are for the environment um i suppose this is a slight trigger section for me in that the chemicals these natural things still technically have chemicals in and the chemicals in skincare care are, depending which skincare they are, the active ingredients are usually things that are already found in your skin. And they're just created. Yeah, often, often. Yeah. But then it's looking at the, the bad chemicals as well. Or like I've recently changed to natural deodorant. Mm. Um, and I did research and there's not a huge it, you can swing both way like we said before about the research and who it's funded by and you'll have research that's funded and looked at from the point of view that people are very anti using any kind of product so mm. they'll be like yeah definitely don't use aluminium there is small bits of evidence but there's also not much stacking up in the aluminium in deodorant is there enough to really affect our bodies I just thought I'd take the opportunity of lockdown being at home any mostly anyway or if I'm not at home I'm out and about and I'm not really like in sweaty situations with people <laughs> <laughs> let's try the natural um the natural deodorant for that purpose and then the more I've read into it the more it said actually using a normal deodorant would be fine if it's in like a plastic packaging rather than in an aluminium can how come just because of the contact with the aluminium. But then that's the whole, I don't know if you know this with like, if you pick up a tin of beans or pulses or whatever, tin sweet corn, if it's dented, you shouldn't eat that. Yes, apparently so. Because the can should be coated to cover mm. the aluminium and so that the aluminium doesn't seep into the food. And if it's bent, it won't be coated properly anymore. And then yes. we shouldn't eat it. So that's similar to having products... But then arguably you're using a plastic item. Why on earth are we encouraging any more single-use well, no. plastics? Glass. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. glass or metal, but because both at least can be recycled. Yeah. But then, yeah. So it's, it's a bit of a, it's a hard but there's one. There's no really. win on that one. There's, there's not really a much of a win. 
Not yet. I've got I've got a metal pot. I've, I've got a glass pot of deodorant, but that does involve using your finger and putting it on like a paste. So. Oh really? Yes. Is it good? Yes, it takes time. There's I read a lot about it because I read bad reviews and I read a lot where people transition and will find they are quite smelly for a few weeks and the reason for that is the physical like that so there's actual aluminium and normal antiperspirant deodorant so we're talking about the antiperspirant that stop you from sweating rather than the stuff that stops you from smelling and that does gradually block your pores so if you come off of it you're gradually letting the pores unblock but in the process of that unblocking if you think there's stuff that's been in your pores for quite a while, <laughs> that creates that smell. Because no we all know that sweat doesn't smell unless it's, it's old sweat, bacteria, bacteria on your skin, and old, and creates a smell. So it, you ha- you go for a process, and you have to be prepared for that process. There's ways to speed up the process. I did underarm masks. Who knew? Yeah, you use knew? a clay mask that draws out the impurities. Yeah. Well, I know. Uh, you learn something every yes. day goodness people have thought of everything right there's a market now for underarm masks yeah jeez, jeez. i mean I, I i made it myself good girl yeah like it like it um again we're going down a tangent oh we definitely are so. sorry no that's why you're we touched on something dawn's passionate about and off we go <laughs> <laughs> i like it uh so we've then okay so we've basically wash every day we've talked about everything yeah. that we might do clean your teeth etc cetera, etc cetera. um and then of course for social standing you should wash every day because if you smell it's not a very nice it's, it's almost a violence to those around you those you have to uh, smell with what spend time with um so of course yes wash but then we need to start thinking about okay purity uh very obvious when it comes to what we are doing to our bodies but is it it should very much be obvious as to what we're doing with our mind right uh now someone commented on our instagram dawn i don't know if you saw it uh about swearing yes in regards to ahimsa yeah now you swear at someone it can be meant as in a very violent way if i was talking to someone that i don't know uh, over message in person etc etc the odds of me swearing are slim yeah whereas if i am messaging you and put fuck's sake dawny mm-hmm. you know full well that my intonation is for fuck's sake dawny yeah and in an eye roll manner yeah eye roll manner or a oh my gosh, I can't believe that's just happened on or whatever it happens to be. You know, there's no actual violence behind that. Whereas um, if I put for fuck's sake, Dawn, and you did not know me very well, you'd replied with something. Let's say I'd made six spelling mistakes in a row and then put for fuck's sake, Dawny. You might then be like, why, why is she having a go at me? Or not realize what it's about. You know, typos, love them. Get so angry with myself. (laughs) Violence. but uh, it's usually autocorrect in my defense. Um, so it's, it's always knowing your audience, I think, when it comes to swearing. Um, but I also thought that tied in really nicely with this one because anyone that practices yoga with me knows that I swear in classes, but it's very much along those lines of, um, fuck's sake, Dawny, I'm gonna stop saying it now, sweetheart, because yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're gonna feel attacked. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's always in a very- behind the word, isn't it? 
it's drawing attention to what I need to say. It's getting a point across or it's in jest. It's silly. Like, I mean, ahimsa for fuck's sake. Mm -hmm. It's the, it's the oxymoron, isn't it? No violence paired with violence. Yeah. Ahimsa for fuck's sake and for fuck's sake in an endearing, please embrace this kind of way. Not um, ahimsa for fuck's sake. (laughs) It's always, it's always kind of meant in a nice and lovely way. Whereas if someone came into my yoga class and I said left instead of right for the sixth time in that, well, I don't know why six is my number today, but it is. I've said left instead of right. And I keep making the same mistake. And I go, oh, for fuck's sake. Someone who's not been in my class before might be like, what the hell? Like, what is her problem? Why is she so angry? Oh, I went to this yoga class and the yoga teacher has anger issues. What kind of yogi is she? What kind of yogis? But to me, to my yogis, to anyone who's practiced with me for any period of time knows that's just me kind of taking the mick out of myself almost just like, what is wrong with me? Like we've done today in jest, we've got our (laughs) worm problems, (laughs) word problems. Uh, We're not not being very eloquent. So, you know, we're quite happy just to jest about this. Whereas we might be like, oh, for fuck's sake, if we've messed up so many times and having to edit and edit and edit, oh, Uh, so I, but whereas, um, do you remember a couple of years ago, I tried to stop swearing for January? No, I don't remember. I lasted a day. That's clearly why I don't remember. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was a very active forefront of my mind. And it it comes with this practice of purity and uh, trying to use purer, cleaner language. Um, I actually think I really want to watch it. It's on my list. There's a show on Netflix about swearing and how we should be starting to remove the implications and the dirty feels around it. Have you seen it? Is it? I don't know if it's the same one, but there's the history of swear words. That might be it on there, and it's it's fascinating. Yeah, I, I only watched one episode, but yeah, um, I think one of the goals was, was to... interesting. I bet it was. It was like it's fornication under, I think, concession of the king. I know it's king. I can't remember the c word. I think it's concession. So it's like you've got permission to have sex the king's given you permission that's like but yeah they're all interpreted differently aren't they um so should we not change it to f-u-c-q at the moment yeah because we have a queen Mm. but also there's not the same rules these days is there i hope not people can do the sex (laughs) (laughs) whenever they want yeah um pretty much whoever they want yes uh so it it's just noticing the purity of your language. So this is one way that we could look at purity within um, in a different way that's not physical. So what are we saying? What are we having other words that we say pure? So arguably you could say that a lie is impure. So we move back to our satya, um, uh, truthfulness. So that is impure if you're lying to manipulate, if you're lying to steal, anything like that, if you're lying to be violent, arguably it's, if you're speaking to be violent, if you're speaking to be, uh, to steal, you're, you're being impure. Um, If you are perhaps talking to someone who you know full well has a husband or a wife, but you're encouraging conversations that shouldn't happen, you could again say that that was impure. You had impure thoughts and intentions behind the words so not only do you have the words that could be impure you then have the thoughts that could be Mm -hmm. impure and we also have what we have I suppose 
we talk about the ahimsa and the satya and these words that we tell ourselves. So we're then building up the toxic thoughts in our head. And this is, I guess, an area that we should be cleansing as well. Absolutely, impure thoughts. Um, so the, I feel like this is the biggest bit. Yes, wash. Yes, look at what you're looking are putting in your body. These are really, really important yeah. things. But it's often the purity of our thoughts and our actions or our words that have the biggest impact in everyday life. Um, and this is something more that we can control within ourselves rather than other people. Uh, yeah. So impure thoughts could be anything that we've already covered in our yeah. yamas. Yeah. Really? The, the self-talk and the the violence to ourselves, the, the, the lies we tell ourselves. Yeah, the way we talk down about ourselves in our head. Mm -hmm. And it has yeah. exactly the same bearing as the, the actions and the behaviors themselves. So if you're violent outwardly, con consistently having violent thoughts encourages those to actually manifest and become a reality. Uh, so for instance, an impure thought could be, oh, I'm gonna go with my old favorite because it's just really easy to follow. Mm -hmm. So let's say we have um, two people in a relationship. Uh, the girl in the relationship struggles to trust. She's perhaps been hurt in the past by someone cheating on her and she really struggles to trust. She gets into this new relationship um, and it seems to be going really, really well. Um, and she starts to get a bit weird about it. You know, maybe they have a weekend away or something or their weekend apart. Her and her new man have a weekend apart due to work or something. Really, really innocuous, nothing serious. Uh, and she starts to get in her head about it. Like, he says he's gone to bed, but it's only like 9.30. It seems really unlike him, you know. He's definitely, bedtime is always around half 10, 11. And I just, I don't believe him. And this thought just comes into her head. And to begin with, she just pushes it away. It doesn't really think of it anymore. But then when he comes back, he's tired, a bit quiet. You know, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to sleep in my own bed tonight. I'll come see you tomorrow night. And again, just little thoughts. Mm, he's behaving differently. Uh, something's changed. Something's different. And then the little thoughts that have learned behaviors from past experiences start creeping up and becoming louder and louder and louder and louder. And she's just like, he's definitely cheated on me. He was sleeping with someone else that night. Da, 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 da. He's cheated, he's cheated, he's cheated. And then the, the thoughts become louder and louder and louder and more and more prevalent. And any behavior he does, she's reading into it differently. Um, and then she starts to, those thoughts start to manifest into actions. So she starts asking him really weird questions and being a little bit off with him. And he's like, are you okay? Not really understanding why. And then... Uh, it starts to affect the relationship in that sense. So he starts to kind of behave a bit like, mm, I feel like something's wrong. So his behavior would change. And then perhaps she, that action goes even further and she goes through his phone looking for evidence um, and finds nothing. But let's say he catches her looking through his phone. And then there's that whole conversation of what are you doing? Like, why are you looking yeah. through my phone? And she could then admit, well, I think you've slept with someone else. And he's just like, why it's completely unbounded yeah. sort of thing like what has happened why don't you trust me etc 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 and 
just continues to push him away, push him away, push him away to the point where, you know, he's like, you know what, I'm not happy. And he could, he might be someone who would end it there and there. He might be someone who could forgive and move on, but he might, or he might be someone that then goes out there and you know what, this bitch at home thinks I'm cheating. I'm going to fucking cheat. Mm -hmm. Something lands in his lap and boom, off he goes. And then, so that her impure thoughts have then transferred, transformed into action, which have then essentially she's manifested her own, her own fears through these impure thoughts. And so it's learning how thoughts that we have that can start off really, really small can become these huge things that just take over our whole life. And so it's not just impure things physically, it's looking at the smallest start of impure thoughts too and noticing um, how they manifest. And a great analogy to that would be, so even on a cleanliness note, if you're cleaning your house, for example, you do a little bit every day stays nice if you leave it to pile up and pile up and pile up it's just this mammoth mammoth task that's just the bane of your life so if she'd stopped early and been a bit mindful about this maybe had a conversation with him early on said i need some reassurance here blah 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 you know it's yeah breaking it down and doing a little bit every day to think about this absolutely great way really really we didn't even talk about the cleanliness of and purity of our the our environment we've got that I to mean, touch on too Donny. yeah i did I've, I've i've noted it slightly but yes yeah um and so we need to essentially when we're becoming more mindful of our actions our ahimsas our satyas our stayers um our attachment and so on and so on and so forth our energy we need to be looking for the impurities within these things so it's all very well and good at embracing the the overall concept but we need to notice them within within our small thoughts and behaviors um, behaviors will often stem from a thought or a habit and so what is what is the thought behind that behavior what is the process behind that behavior and is it pure why when you're stressed do you reach for bad food why when you're i say bad i'm talking more like unhealthy like i said anything in moderation is fine but why are you reaching for the the chocolate bar because you're having a really stressful week why are you drinking a bottle of wine every night etc etc so it's looking at things what what unhealthy or impure things are we leaning on um habitually perhaps uh and what are the impure thoughts behind that process uh there is uh, it's weird like oh i ran i ran today so i'm going to reward inverted commas reward myself with a chinese or a bottle of wine or a glass of rose or whatever it happens to be it's just wh wh why are you rewarding yourself with something that is actually undoing all of your good work yes. yeah <laughs> um it's like you're rewarding purity with impurity yeah seems insane um but it's common uh so yeah, essentially it's just really, really paying attention to the small things because it's always the small thoughts that start and then grow and then grow and then grow and then grow. And it might be something tiny to begin with. When we talk about the purity in the mind as well, should we look at what we're putting in there um, in terms of what we read, what we watch, who Absolutely. we talk to? I mean, who we talk to is, I suppose, different. Something we've probably covered already is like, you know, the toxic people in our lives and thinking about that but but what about what we watch and read absolutely well I don't think we can reiterate enough that toxic people in your life it's best to kind of shed them it yeah. might be if they're supposed to be in your life 
that they may come back at a later date and you just it's your responsibility to learn what they're like but also accept them for the new person that they are perhaps you know maybe they have changed as much as you have changed um but it's it's never a bad thing to realize perhaps everything in your life or there's a lot in your life that you're feeling is just lacking or is feeling is just not where you want to be a really good place to start is looking at the the people closest to you because the odds are that they're having an impact that what messages are they they saying on a daily basis what what beliefs do they have um a really 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 on topic point of view right now is imagine if as a group of friends we were all anti-vaxxers yeah we would absolutely we'd just be bouncing off each other and be like yeah well obviously it's bad obviously yeah. we're not going to get the vaccination da, 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 da. And if there's someone in that group that actually thinks they should they might start doubting their beliefs exactly exactly and so what beliefs are constantly reinforced by the people around you are they actually impure uh what are you starting to not believe because of those around you and it's it's really so i feel like that's a great place to start if when looking for impurities in your life look at what what are you told talked about talked to about every single day um because it's incredibly powerful and often right there in front of your face but it it could be hard to see it could be hard to stomach um and then also how much television are you watching what television are you watching are you who's producing it um are you absorbing youtube uh are you absorbing podcasts are you absorbing books are you absorbing fiction or non-fiction uh the the studies you read are they daily mail studies or are they um (laughs) proper uh studies that are peer-reviewed and everything in that regard you know so what what are you reading where are you getting your information the amount of information that's just spouted due to something that someone's seen on facebook you know, like uh, who I was told yesterday uh, that apparently pubs um, are going to be given the right to refuse entry to people who haven't had the vaccination, the COVID vaccination, just for people who might be listening to this years down the line. Um, and it's like, I don't know if this is true, if it's false, if it's Facebook news, fake news, etc., etc., etc. And I feel like there's merit to the idea, but it could also be highly stressful. Who knows? Anyway, it's like, it I'm not going to start talking about this because I don't even know if it's real yeah and, and it's uh, spreading it long oh, well that, that's where it came from as well it came from a passing comment from Boris Johnson at the time of uh see Dawn that is the prime minister he said it in passing then had to go back and reiterate I mean that's the problem when a politician says so, so, says something in passing it can get picked up by the people around him media of the press and the media and made to be gospel when he was like it was just a passing kind of idea thought process that it's not really going to work and yeah there's lots of ethics behind that well there we go um this is the thing it's just it's what what are you listening to and what are you taking as absolute gospel or we can lean on this going back to truth Johnny. it's always what is the actual truth? Because there's your truth, there's their truth and the actual truth. And with that kind of thing, my gosh, the information that we take in and it is, what is this? The age of information, I think it's been called because everything we could possibly want to know is right there at our fingertips, in our hand, on our phone, like anything. If we weren't sure about anything, Google will be able to tell us. 
I'm waiting for Alexa to turn on, if I'm honest. She's probably going <laughs> to pipe up in a minute. Um, and so, but then the ease of not actually checking the sources, checking how the truths behind that, it's so, so easy just to dismiss. And so we have to really be real with ourselves when we are spouting facts again using bunny ears i need to stop doing that on a podcast uh because we could be spreading impure messages without really any thought any care or due attention to people that we know and love where it could actually cause damage and it could also cause damage to our own beliefs. We could stop doing something. Uh, again, we talked about it last episode about the whole vegan thing. Mm-hmm. How many people have actually gone vegan because they watched that one show on Netflix and then actually caused themselves some kind of damage because they've not quite embraced eating a healthy vegan lifestyle. They've just tried to replace it with fake meat, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and made themselves really ill. You know, you don't know how much damage that's, that seems very extreme, but it could happen. Um, yeah, so it's just noticing what information we're taking and where we're taking it in from. And take responsibility and, you know, for these things. Big time. That's a big, yeah, a big thing. Um, we briefly mentioned, so I mentioned about cleaning the house yes. as, an, as an example, but there is the um, purity in our environment, um, in our home, in a yoga class, all of these things um, to consider as well. Yep, tidy house, tidy mind. It's a yes. for a reason, isn't it? Um, essentially, when we are in an inter- a very cluttered space and a cluttered environment, a dirty environment, uh, it's almost constant distraction. It's like when you walk into an arcade, it's like, oh, pretty lights, pretty lights, pretty lights. Our brain goes crazy. Um, and it sets up all our happy hormones and we're just distracted and ooh. Uh, when you're in a, in a busy, cluttered, dirty environment, the brain kind of does the same. It's incredibly um, spread thin, one might say. So whereas if you can keep a clean, clear environment, um, it allows our minds to be calmer. And so that's why the whole minimalism movement has kind of really taken off, hasn't it? There's a lot, a lot to go on that at the moment. Uh, A lot about it. Um, Mrs. Hinch has done very well on all this stuff, you know, keeping things. Yeah. Yeah. All of it's just how can we make our lives as clean and as clear as possible? Because it really, really does help our peace of mind. And I feel like the cleanliness is almost a given. Like I feel, yeah, we should definitely keep our houses clean, like for hygiene, um, virus type reasons but it's the clutter and as well that you know does it I'm one that I mean I probably then use it as an excuse when I've got something to do and I can't concentrate I have to just clean up around me and make everything decluttered and tidy just to focus my mind (laughs) yeah yeah. I really sometimes it's an excuse you could joke that at university everyone um would have immaculate bedrooms when it came to deadlines because it was any reason to not do the essays. That's hilarious. Obviously now, because I work from home what, all of the time now, don't even have the option of going to a cafe, just 100% at home. And I can't remember, it was a passing comment. And, oh, it was a Sunday night and I hadn't got around to that. No, we took the dogs on a stupid, really wet, muddy walk and they just traits mud all through the house, um, specifically downstairs. 
where I teach yoga in the morning and it's a Sunday night and I was like oh man I'm really gonna have to hoover um before we go to bed anyway I got the hoover out and Mossy's just like what are you doing like we're going to bed and it's like I know I need to get this done because I knew that if I got downstairs in the morning and I'd have to put my mat out on a muddy floor because my first class is at 6 30 in the morning uh we have neighbors I'm not vacuuming at 6 30 in the morning um you know if I got downstairs at 6 15 and there was a muddy floor and I'd have bits on my feet and my mat was down and in all this muck and oh I'd be so pissed off and I would just not feel comfortable within my environment that I then had to go and teach with this positive lovely energy to my lovely yogis who have got up at this time of the morning to practice they don't want me being all arsy because I've got bits on my feet (laughs) and trust me it happens um and so it's it's more important for me to just hoover yes it might be late at night yes it's probably time that I would normally go to bed but I know for me that in the morning I'm going to be in a much better place to teach if my environment is clear and clean yeah um so it's a small thing and that can you say about the teaching yoga I mean this is when then what's relevant when we can be in a studio got like what kind of mindset would your yogis be in if they walked into a studio that was disgusting and they put their mats down they would not be concentrating on their their practice would they they, they no, would be looking around not. and just sort of almost judging you for the environment you've brought them into. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I have taught in a studio that is far from clean. Yeah. Um, you know, it would be shared with children and there'd be just bits and sweets and stuff jammed into the floor and it was disgusting um and then we had episodes of the vacuum cleaner being broken at the at the place where we were where I was teaching and just oh it's embarrassing as a teacher it's embarrassing and it just like oh my god I'm so sorry that you have someone else's hair on your mat yeah like (laughs) oh my god it's just traumatizing thinking about it um I went in there once and there was someone's toenail on the floor and I honestly could have just thrown up Equally, it's about all your yogis as well. So I remember the whole um, putting all our stuff at the back of the room, out of the way, creating that clear vision of us, like our mats. All we can see then is our mats and our other yogis and you, rather than piles of shoes and coats. I mean, A, yeah. for safety, but B, just for a clear mind. and Absolutely. And people focus. were so resistant to it. They were like, no, I want my shoes right next to my mat. Well, no, no one else wants to be right next to your shoes. So yeah. please put them at the back of the room. Yeah. And it's just that it's the kindness to those around you, isn't it? Like yeah. no one wants to put their face near your feet. It just or creates your a shoes. really nice environment to, to focus the mind ready for class. And that's ultimately what we're doing there. Yeah. And um, in encouraging people to have their phone away from their mat and actually give themselves that hour, that 60 yeah. minutes to step away from that goddamn piece of technology. Yeah. Like, oh, I love it. I love it. I have five minutes at the beginning of class now where I still have my WhatsApp on on my laptop. So if someone's messaging me saying I can't get into class, I can deal with it. They have five minutes. Yeah. And after that, it goes off. After that, no one else is allowed in. It's just like, poof switch off I am in and I'm focused on those that are in front of me and no one else um and I think that that clear space to think uh is really really important and we were talking what episode did we talk about deep deep work in oh I can't remember but this is very relevant to the deep work isn't it yeah it's clearing your space to and your distractions from Uh, your workspace so you can absolutely deep dive into something there is a book I will have to google the author but it's called deep work Cal Newport 
Oh, I think it is. I think you're right. Well done. I just think it's my most recent. It's what I'm listening to currently on audio, Audible. Um, I think you're right. Yeah. It's, Newport feels right. Um, but his book, it's... Uh, I hope he doesn't listen. I feel like you don't need to listen to the whole thing or read the whole thing. It's one of those self-help books where you could probably get the gist of it in the first half. Yeah. Um, it's, but it's a very, very good concept. Yeah, I love the concept. Too many examples in there. It's it's American. Need yeah. I say more on that? American yeah. self-help is definitely different to English self-help. Um, so it's just, you need to just clear everything. You, there is... you, regi- you turn off your emails, you turn off your text messages. You, um, if you can, if you can work without the internet, you turn off oh, yeah. the internet. If you can close off getting email notifications... Uh, which I've done on my phone, by the way, and I am loving. I turned it. I turned them off so I didn't read my emails during my four days off for my birthday. Oh yeah, and I've not turned them back on. And the things, just my whole behavior around my phone has been really different because also with a business coaching client, she we were discussing various things, and to help her reduce distraction we talked about deleting social media facebook she wasn't really using facebook for anything that was um really important towards her business growth right now so i was like well why don't you just disable your facebook for a while it's not permanent you know if i could not have it i wouldn't have it and i'm actually really honing in on this idea of not having facebook anymore um but i'm still on the fence uh but we compromised at just deleting the app off the phone off her phone and as moral support I did it with her and my God, I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. Oh, I feel like and it's just, it's, um, it's clearer and it, it really, it cleans out the tapping into bits of work outside of the boundaries I've set myself around work. So when, um, when I'm not on my laptop, I'm not checking my emails. If I want to check Facebook, I physically have to go onto my laptop and I have to actually look. So only once a day now am I checking Facebook, maybe twice, rather than just clicking on and scrolling, clicking on and scrolling. Um, And I do wish Instagram worked better on the desktop, but also I enjoy Instagram, I'm going to be honest. I'm with Um, you on the emails. I only have my, I have only one current personal account on my phone, which will be like, delivery notifications when I've ordered stuff or per- yeah, personal stuff I have to go on my laptop for work for work emails and mm. my old phone like I only got a new one like the other week I could look at my work ones on there but I, I didn't have the notification on I had to physically click on the app to look yeah. it wouldn't tell me I'd have to go and search for it and now since I've had the new phone I've just not logged into them yet um a because i can't remember the password and it's already set up <laughs> on my computer so let's just leave it all on the laptop so then the laptop is work and the phone is is a pleasure yeah yeah absolutely um so i'm quite enjoying my newfound cleanliness yeah. around my phone and i'm on my phone less loads less yeah. i i think it's dropped over an hour a day just from removing facebook and not having my email notifications on now i will be a happy girl the day that my phone usage is two hours every day And what you can do for those of you who are monitoring your phone usage, if you do listen to podcasts, if you do listen to audiobooks, you can take it so you can change it. So when you're doing that, it doesn't count towards your phone time. Oh, okay, Yeah, because this is a discussion I had with someone who wanted to reduce their phone usage. Um, 
but listened to sleep apps on their phone Mm. at night or meditation apps and it's like obviously that's then counting towards how much they're using their phone or like you know it's in the bedroom then because they're listening to it for meditation yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah and it's it's weighing up the pros and cons it's more of a pro for them to listen to their phone and meditate than to reduce their phone time down to under an hour so it's like well I know I'm going to have to use my phone to post on all three business uh social medias I know that I'm going to use my phone for podcasts I'm going to listen to audiobooks um etc etc I'm going to use my phone so realistically I but I don't know why I would need to be on it for more than two hours yeah so it's it's just weighing up what's realistic what is important what adds value to your life what adds uh pure things to your life and what impurities can you actually start to reduce and take away have you right. there's another book that I'd like to read that is relevant as well um called Indistractable I don't know if you've read it no um, I haven't assuming by that voice you haven't uh, that voice that face you haven't um here come the worms again um <laughs> no I um yeah that's a, another book I can't remember the author so we'd have to look it up but that's on my my read list is it okay yes. noted yeah noted um I am reading oh Gosh, I was said it with such confidence and now I've forgotten. Um, it's another, it's like 12 Rules for Life, but it's a different one. Oh, okay. Um, and it's so far really, really interesting. It's by the same guy who did Sapiens. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, which is a fantastic book, I've by the way, that. for I've anyone. That. Yeah. So yeah. good. Uh, so, so good. And it it's really good for challenging conceptions around social norms Mm -hmm. and uh, what we actually take as real truths within humanity to then it challenges those beliefs so it's it's really it looks at paradigms and whatnot it's fantastic book anyway it's written by the same guy why can't I remember what it's called 12 rules for the 21st century or something like that. Oh, I should it's stop. Not. You're just making it. up good good titles. Also, end of series one, we need to do create a reading list for people, maybe. We do. Well, I'm putting it in the reading notes. So if we mention a book, uh, I mean in It'll the in show there. notes, it's if we mention a book or a podcast or anything, I'm putting it in the show notes. Um, I mentioned Big Time Brownies, which are a local company to us, but they deliver brownies like countrywide. Yeah. Um, and so I put her in the show notes. Her business is amazing. Um, for instance, so if we mention a business yeah. or anything, I will try and put it in the show notes. If you if we mention one I've forgotten, please drop me an email and I will quickly go and put it in the show notes or I can send you more information as well. So we want we want people to learn and enjoy as much everything we do. Tipsy jar, I think I put them in as well. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Um, so we Soucher. I feel like we've, have we gone over all bases? Our home, in class, our diet, our mind, our bodies. Yeah. Soucha in class, essentially, we've not really talked about doing it on the yoga mat other than having a nice clear space. Like I like to teach in a nice clear space. I practice in a nice clear space, keeping your mat clean. Um, Always look at the manufacturer's guidelines on cleaning your mat before you clean it. Um, But also remember all your good energies build up in your yoga mat yeah. over time. Uh, I don't, any yogi who has practiced for a long period of time on the same yoga mat probably feels it. You step on and you're like, yes. I, yeah. Nice. I remember when you came back from Nepal sort of saying this to us and it has started to be like that. And then when I changed to a new yoga mat, I'm, I'm, I can't part with my old one because I'm a bit like, well, it's got all my energies, but then that's an attachment issue, isn't it? 
Well, true, yes. It is still so, serving a purpose. There you go. Our yoga in the garden, the new one does not go outside. Hell no. Um, so I would, so we can look at this at a purity way and at an attachment way. So um, I'll quickly, briefly explain the story. When I went to Nepal, I was there for a month and I did 30 days of yoga essentially. And I was doing yoga for probably three hours every single day. I was on a yoga mat. Now I didn't take a yoga mat with me due to budget baggage restrictions uh and when we got there there were mats there to use they were brand new they get them in for each course that they do so everyone had them had a mat but they were communal as in you would go in and you just pick them out a day I got attached to one because I'd use it consistently for quite a few days in a row and then I was just like oh I started to really feel for this mat and it was just like that mat when I get on that mat, I feel grounded. I feel set. I feel focused and ready for my practice. And this kind of energy built up in this mat to the point where I was like, someone else has got my mat. (laughs) Um, And then when it came to go, I was sad again. Like I've put so many hours of work and effort and energy into this mat. This mat now grounds me and makes me feel good. Uh, that I was almost sad to let it go, which arguably is an attachment that then I had a negative emotion to. But however, that emotion, I was kind of like, you know what? It was a positive negative because it was it was this sentimental warmth, like I am so proud of myself, everything that I've put into that mat, into that practice. It was just like the amount of growth and development I did in that small square footage, like just oh yes I was so proud of myself and there was everything to do with it and I came back and that was when I first got my cork one wasn't it I think I just bought it before I went and I had my first cork yoga mat and that did me years didn't it years and years uh I got a cork one because every time when you get sweaty hands the cork gets grippier so it was great for me because I do get sweaty hands and I never found a plastic mat that stopped me slipping um and I used it and again this was used for me building my business and going self-employed and taking huge steps in both my yoga practice and my life. And I again did this huge transformation with this cork yoga mat, which again, I learned to love. And this was my safe haven. That was my place. And then we went into lockdown. I think I told you about it, Dawny. It was, uh, I started using my cork mat and it was just didn't feel right. This cork mat stood for everything and a whole different energy. And suddenly it wasn't right. And that energy that I felt off that mat suddenly became impure. It wasn't right. It wasn't the clean space that I needed for my practice. So I knew the time would come where I needed to part with that energy yeah. and I needed to start some start new on a new mat. And that's what I did. Yeah. And and now that energy in my new mat is great and pure yeah. and lovely and focused <laughs> and everything I need. And also, I mean, there's always this having your own mat in terms of cleanliness. Gosh. Well, do you was, remember in the studio, like the communal mats, and it took a lot of encouragement from you. And I so I get it from the yogis that maybe perhaps wouldn't class themselves as yogis, the ones that came to stretch once a week. Mm-hmm. And that's what they saw it as. I get the reluctance to get your own mat. But when you started to think about the cleanliness, it's like, oh, so as much as I clean my own mat, if I haven't, at least I know it's only my sweat. Yep. Yep. Encouraging people to get their own mat was kind of a big deal. However, do you remember when there was started with the rumors about COVID or not rumors uh, started, it started to build. I was like, I've got to take these mats away. You are not allowed to use someone else's mat. Absolutely no way are you sharing anything. And I think COVID just hit home for everyone as to how 
disgusting <laughs> is to use a communal mat, especially in a CrossFit the, gym. And even for the gym equipment, mm-hmm. oh, the clinic, clinic, you never, I never used to really think about it until COVID. Using a barbell that sat there on your collarbone, like under your chin, you're breathing on it, you're sweating on it, like you're probably spitting on it at some point. And we used to just put them back. And now you think about it, it's like, whoa. Well, I mean, it's the birthday cake thing. Yeah. Who who (laughs) thought that we should blow our germs over a cake before we give it out? It's mad. Mad. Madness, COVID. Love it. Gotta love it. Would I have children and still let them do that? Probably. I don't want to spoil Mm. their fun. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, wow. Yeah, no. I. But yes, Dawny, I think you're right. We've talked uh, Soucha to the back teeth. Yeah, in every Um, aspect every aspect but absolutely start to look at how you can bring that was elvis snoring in the background if you sort of heard that i thought it was a motorbike um, so <laughs> elvis is a bulldog uh so if you want to start looking to Im- put more purity into your life i would perhaps start first looking at what you're reading what you're watching uh the cleanliness of your home where you work that kind of thing and start looking at it that way and then as you become clearer and more pure within your external environment, you can start going inward. But again, it takes that mindfulness practice. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said about the cleaning of the house, like it's that little bit every day. So we could say that mindful practice, like that five, 10 minutes of meditation every day, if Mm -hmm. that's what you want to do, or just, uh, yeah, taking a moment every day just to try and reset your mind and clear out those bad thoughts absolutely or at least become aware of them yes because only with awareness yeah only with awareness can we start to change lovely but yeah awesome dawn i know that was great so next week we move on to santosha santosha be good the next be good niyama awesome so yeah thanks for listening to episode six yeah I keep forgetting where we are wow episode six so we've got yeah. episode seven next um if you want to subscribe please do on itunes if you want to follow please do on spotify if you want to leave us a five-star review or just five stars great if you want to leave us a written review fantastic all of this stuff helps us become more visible um on these platforms and your help is hugely appreciated um so the more the more visible we are the more findable we are uh, the more people get to listen to us and we get to share these wonderful yoga ideas with more people um and it all comes from a good place so if you can do any of those things please 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 do you can follow us on instagram uh yoga life podcast you can go to the website yogalifepodcast.com if you want to get in touch with us any platform is um well, fine with us. We're also considering starting a Facebook group for you wonderful listeners to open up another way of encouraging a conversation about this stuff. Let us know what you think about that. You know, we'd love to hear from you in that regard. Uh, shall we set up a Facebook group or is that just something that's not really your bag? And a note on the, the request for five stars. If you feel like you want to give us less than five stars, maybe get in touch first and give us your feedback. Oh yeah, actually great point, Donnie. Yeah. You know, why would we not know be where hitting we the improve. five stars? Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's important. It is important. Lovely. Awesome. Bye, darling. Right. Lovely. See you next time. Bye. Bye.